Before we jump into today's topic, a quick disclaimer. The stories and data we share come from the states that we practice in and the experiences that we personally had, which can differ greatly across our country and certainly the globe. This is not a professional advice show. So let's get comfy and talk about death. Hello and welcome to Mort Mike. A down-to-earth discussion on death and dying. I'm Brandy. And I'm Red, and we are your stiff scientists this week. Mm, that that <laughs> came out a, a little bit differently yeah. <laughs> than when I was writing it. Oh, God. No, I like it. Stick to your guns. <laughs> Scientist of the stiff isn't much better. Uh, I just want some alliteration, damn it. <laughs> So one of our first episodes together, we talked about Brandy's livelihood of tissue procurement and donation in that respect, but we thought we'd save this topic for its own set of episodes because there's so much meat to it. I'm talking about whole body donation to science. Cadavers have all sorts of uses in the quest for knowledge, study of diseases that are rare and not quite understood, training future med students on anatomy or funeral directors on how to embalm. There's just so many things that the dead can teach us to help perpetuate the lives and the well-beings of others. Not only am I a registered organ donor, but I've also signed the paperwork with my local medical college with their body donation program to become a cadaver and help train the doctors of tomorrow. It's so awesome that we have so many of these programs so close to home. It really is. It's nice that we uh, have so many different options of what we can do after we've passed on. And honestly, I think a lot of our listeners would be pretty surprised to find out that they have a lot of options themselves. Oh, yeah. You don't know what's out there until you've kind of started researching the amount of things that you can do with your body. It's crazy. There's so many different options. Especially if you live in an area with a major medical university, the chances are actually pretty high that they're going to have some type of body donation program. So if this is something that interests you, you should get on the jump now. Some of the medical colleges require paperwork to be signed pre-mortem by the donee. It's usually just a like quick call, some email documents, or even going in like person, and just a few short forms to sign. I think mine was only like a two-pager. It was very simple. If you find yourself being a next of kin of a donee and don't wish to donate for whatever reason that might be, they're not going to chase you down and have this body and say, too bad, so sad, we got paperwork and we're taking your husband. So the next of kin will always have the right to say no overall. Always. If you're donated to science, you will not be able to have services with casketed body present. This is something to keep in mind. Some of these programs are going to keep someone for months, sometimes years, depending on the program and the studies they're going to be used for. A lot of these programs will also cremate for free afterwards and offer to return them to the family or even add them to a mass grave of donors, especially in the case of indigent folks. I actually uh, got to attend a service for this at local cemetery ossuary by me, and it was a really lovely and thoughtful ceremony. I was so pleased as punch to have been there because I didn't know what to expect. I was like in mortuary science school at the time. uh, And I thought it was just going to be this weird, just a bunch of students there. But as some family members came out, uh, there were a lot of students, but it was just 
it was just quaint and thoughtful that so many of these people, all, all of their bodies and body parts had gone to a greater good and they were being celebrated at that moment. It's not like it just ended when they got donated. That's so lovely. Isn't it? I really thought that that was a nice touch at the end of everything. I mean, there's a lot of like funeral directors and like death care adjacent people that are a part of these programs. So of course they're putting their like little touches on it. Absolutely. And it's just so nice to honor anybody that's given so much, you know, it just makes it makes sense. Now, some people might try to go for this option because they just don't have any money. And it's important to keep in mind, just like with organ donation, that not everybody is a viable candidate. Typically, the body cannot be embalmed, have donated organs, or have been autopsied, and especially no infectious diseases. Some programs won't accept people under or over a specific BMI or height, and many will have limitations on how far away they'll accept somebody from. So like mileage, if you're, if you're wondering what that is. There might be additional charges by the program or a funeral home to do a long distance transfer in that kind of situation where a medical college is just too far away from where you live. The need for cadavers is very high, though, and there never seem to be enough donors. And in my time as a funeral director, I've honestly only handled a few cases like this, like enough to count on one hand. So what are some other cool ways that bodies can be used in science, Brandy? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) First, I want to talk about plastination. So this is the like weird one. and I just kind of wanted to like get it right, right out the door. So this is essentially the most intense embalming known to man. Um, It is the removal of water and fat in any given body part. And then they replace that with like a type of plastic. Hmm. Very interesting. So they can basically plastinize whole bodies or they can just do parts or they can do different systems. Uh, This was created by Dr. Gunther von Hagens. In 1977. Of course, he's some type of German man. (laughs) That's the only way that this could possibly be happening, right? As soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, (laughs) And so he has been showcasing donated bodies since 1995. So I'm assuming that it took quite a bit of time to get that type of approval to do something like this. Uh, I also don't know how he stumbled across how to do this or, or why, but he, he was out there doing it, and you got to give him credit. The trial and error for this, I can only imagine what that was like. Some Frankenstein shit, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, it is it is cool, though. So he the, the show is called Body Worlds, if you haven't heard of it. It's a traveling exhibit, and they have hit pretty much everywhere uh, over the last, what is that, 20 eight years. He showcases different types of physiology. He likes to do uh, lots of like different positions, people holding footballs and stuff to like show what it looks like when the muscles contract to catch something. Or there's even like full circulatory systems that are plastinized. It's like a whole thing. Very graphic. He even put out, uh, there's a a little museum that does like all types of death stuff. And they show his video where he essentially, 
I think it's him. I might be wrong. I didn't research this part, so don't quote me on it. But (laughs) I have this memory of going to this museum and seeing some German guy skinning somebody, literally skinning them in front of a live audience. And I was like, "I've, I've done a lot of crazy stuff and I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. But a live studio audience. <laughs> All right. That's like that old school stuff, but at least it was for doctors. But I think they kind of let anybody in, like in what, like London or whatever, when a lot of the body snatching was going on. Like they would just be like, yep, yeah. uh, come on in and check out the medical college. Yeah. Like <laughs> It's so obviously things are different now with those kind of things. But yeah, apparently if you have a body that's not really a body anymore because it's I mean, it's essentially made of plastic at that point. Uh, you can maybe do whatever you want and you have consent from the person. I'm not 100% sure, but I just wanted to like touch on that a little bit because it's a very interesting, very permanent uh, way to donate your body to science. And it's more for the average folk, like what you were saying, like anybody can go and get a ticket to Body Worlds and they can see something like that. And you may never have the chance to see something like that in your life if you're not a funeral director or a tissue procurement specialist. Uh, (laughs) So you have you have then seen this exhibit? I've seen videos of it and pictures of it, but I've never gotten the chance to actually go and see it in person. I, I would do I it. I got to see it. I got to see it in Chicago. <laughs> that is awesome. Was it really cool? It was incredible. It was so cool. It was, they had so many different um, exhibits that were a part of it. Like, I couldn't believe how large it was. I believe it was in Chicago at one of the museums, uh, probably Museum of Science and mm-hmm. Industry. But oh my gosh, if you get a chance, it is just dumbfounding. Like, oh, it yeah. is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. If I mean, I guess. If you're weird like me and Randy. <laughs> yeah, go, I will I will absolutely be seeing it if it comes back around anywhere near us. Uh, that would be really nice. But I don't know if I'd like go out of my way to see it. I just have this like, I know I know what I do for a living. Yeah. So people always like think I'm weird when I talk about not liking hunting and like not liking comparing like the processing of animals to the uh, dissection of human cadavers it's different so like it is different and then there's something like about the plastination where i understand it and like i want to see it but i'm like i don't know i have a weird feeling about it so i don't know i'm battling with that but i think that like if i if i had the chance i'd jump on it because like why that's like a once in a lifetime thing to see something like that oh for sure i mean i I can agree with you if it's like if it's in your tri-state area (laughs) and you happen to just be have a long weekend like sure go for it but i wouldn't like fly to somewhere like california or something like that to to see this by any means there's like you can see a bunch of stuff online (laughs) yeah and i guess and maybe that's like literally because i see anatomy up close and personal every single day so I'm kind of like not interested in it for that part of it but I am interested in it to see all of the different anatomy because obviously I'm an anatomy nerd oh yeah I mean I'll definitely definitely go and see it if it's around so then another way that you can donate your body which is my I don't want to say preferred way but like if I had the chance I'll probably jump on this one. Mm -hmm. Body Farm. Ooh, yes. Yes, Body Farm. So 
I have known about Bobby Farms for quite some time. I came from a morgue. So uh, some people there kind of like told me about it and how interesting it is and how beneficial it is and something that I never thought would be a thing. It's essentially just a facility where they send bodies to rot, to decompose naturally or maybe not so naturally. They can really manipulate the bodies in any way that they need for their research. Uh, They can be outside, inside, partially buried, but it's essentially just a way to study decomp, which is like... That's so cool. Oh, it's so cool. I'm a a freak, a nerd, (laughs) and I love decomp. It's gross, and it's icky, (laughs) and it's stinky, (laughs) and I love it. The colors are fun. Anyway, so I love the idea of the body farm. Really love to take a class out there. They do like seminars and stuff at the, uh, what is it? University of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. which is the original body farm. Their forensic anthropology center runs it. They have a ginormous plot of land that they can basically set people up wherever they need. They can track different ways bodies are decomping. They can track bug activity all kinds of wacky fun stuff. So they're really into it out there. They now have seven body farms all across the United States. So the original in Tennessee, North Carolina, two in Texas, because obviously you got to have one, you know, on one (laughs) side, because Texas is four states. So that makes sense. Um, (laughs) Illinois, Colorado, and Florida. So you can have your pick of climate. They can see different ways that, you know, one type of body habitus decomps in North Carolina versus how they may decomp in Colorado at the same rate through the same season. It's a, it's some really cool stuff. It is benefiting to forensics. It basically helps us understand how long bodies will be out in certain situations as they're decomping. It's really good for solving crime. I mean, if you can tell when somebody passed away based on their bug activity or, you know, how long they've been out based on the lividity on their back, like those are really important things that we have to know in order to place people in certain places to get convictions for things that may or may not have happened. Uh, So they're really doing some great work out there. I was super impressed after I read the the book uh, by Bill Bass, who is like the, the guy, like he is the man who started all of this stuff. And eventually, like, Christ, we could do an entire episode on just body farms. And we will because I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we got to go take a class and then we'll do yeah. a whole episode. And I, we got it. Maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is happening. I want to look into it so bad. That sounds like such we're girls weekend. Hey, <laughs> we're let's going go to, to the, the body, body farm. farm. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, like just the things you don't think about that they have to test for. It's like, what is it like when a body decomposes under a pile of leaves or mm-hmm. in a trunk of a car or anything like that? And they, they do it all. <laughs> and also post decomposition when they're um, excavating bodies, teaching people how to do that properly so that nothing is damaged throughout the process. You know, those are really important skills. And it's not something that you're just, you know, 
able to just kind of pick up and do, oh, I'll go practice excavating a body. Like you kind of need a process and a system in place to (laughs) teach people how to do something like that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's incredible work that they're doing out there, honestly. It's it's helping so many people. It's setting up so like the amount of students that came into that program and then developed different techniques in forensics based on what they learned there. It's astounding what what people are able to do because of the body farm. I love it. It's so cool. And then lastly, I just wanted to touch on a little one that is super near and dear to my heart. There are some programs where you can donate to disaster dog training. What? So, yeah, this is actually like a program that my organization works with. So I'm super familiar with, with this process. And it'll just be like small pieces of donated tissue, possibly muscle, maybe skin. And we'll send that to them. They'll also take placentas. People will donate like their amputated toes and things like that (laughs) like just crazy stuff but it's all in the name of teaching these dogs how to identify deceased tissue exactly what that smells like in many many different scenarios so that they can find victims in disasters things like tornadoes hurricanes fires um the dogs go out to volcanic eruptions sometimes um just all all kinds of crazy stuff building collapsing they learn how to like navigate through the rubble and they have to learn how to climb a ladder (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) i'm just this puppy police school i love it i'm just so proud of them every uh just so i love them so much so the disaster dogs are really cool and that's something where it might not be whole body donation but it's just like another option that can be tacked on to the things that your body could provide in the future, you know, teaching those dogs how to find people, what it smells like, just because you donated a little piece of your muscle. Like it's it's so cool. So yeah, they also actually networking wise, I definitely need the details for this <laughs> because I I get randomly will get like limbs and stuff. So if we can donate them to like disaster dog training, that. I can sell that easy to families like, listen, you are going to help so many people and it's going to be so cute in the process, please. (laughs) That's really cool, though. That's an awesome connection. I love that, too. Yeah, we just like sometimes we just get limbs. So, yeah, (laughs) they need something to do with them. Heck, there's actually something for that. Isn't that wild? It's super cool. Yeah, especially because that, that, that happens every now and again with like stuff like, oh, we donate po- pacemakers to a specific mm-hmm. project that helps refurbish them and send them to other countries and stuff like that. Like I'm always looking out for different things like this to That's be able awesome. to help other people. I love that. Uh, and then also the dogs, some of them do learn how to find like living people, you know, in disasters, but... That's not why we're at Mort Mike, so we'll just talk about the fun dead <laughs> stuff. Uh, but the the dead the dead dogs, I think is what they call them, or the like dead people dogs. Sweetest, loveliest things, and uh, highly recommend if that's an option for you, donate to the doggies because they're very cute and they they love getting treats after they sniff out your tissue. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, is it too late to start a new career? <laughs> I know. I was like, "Oh, you guys take volunteers, right?" I might, I might come out. I'll pretend to be like a you know half dead person in the in the rubble if the doggies come find me. <laughs> <laughs> so we've given a lot of different options today, but with all of that being said, 
What about the seedy underbelly of body donation? I'm sure some of you have read the traumatic headlines, Widow in shambles after finding out her husband donated to science was used to test bombs. Donation to science can take all sorts of forms. Medical dissection, crash test dummies, and even, yes, military ballistics and explosives. There are all sorts of things that we can learn from those types of tests. And these studies are necessary for those reasons. But... I understand a lot of people might be very uncomfortable with that, especially when it's a grieving person not in their right mind who's approached by some unknown company to sign away their loved one, and they're probably not reading the fine print if there is any at all. This is something to be taken very seriously if donation to science is a wish for you or a loved one. To go into that a little bit more, for-profit tissue banks, also called body brokers, do exist, and they can prey on families. They don't always disclose how these bodies are going to be used and where they're going to be sending them. But there are plenty of government regulations in place, followed by accredited institutions, let me put a big pin on that, accredited institutions, to make sure that organs and cadavers are used appropriately and that families are informed of how and why. Don't discredit any body donation company that may approach you, but do a quick Google search or ask your hospital or funeral home if the company is actually legitimate. And as always, research ahead of time is always a good plan of action. Checking to see if the program is accredited by the AATB, or the American Association of Tissue Banks. In better news, though, um, from the time that we started writing for this episode uh, weeks ago, I actually had gotten a newsletter from one of my various funeral director associations talking about how uh, body brokers and legal changes are in the works. So there was a a nine-year sentencing of Arthur Rathburn. He was um, the owner of International Biological Incorporated, and federal legislation has been introduced to Congress because of this whole sentencing. Rathburn was convicted for selling diseased body parts that were infected with HIV and hepatitis, as well as defrauding his customers. And like these weren't donor parts for transplant. The, I mean, that's something to be noted. Like these weren't going to people at hospitals like that needed a heart or anything. That industry is actually extremely heavily regulated. But this is just a huge glaring example of what happens when companies can go unchecked and the government doesn't step in. So I'm really excited to see that there's some moves being made here. What this legislation actually aims to do is to have non-transplant tissue banks register with the Department of Health and Human Services, require informed consent from the donors, establish a clear chain of custody, as well as shipping and labeling standards, and to also ensure the proper disposition of the donated bodies and their parts. So if you have any interest in following up on this bill as more developments come forward, you can just search it by name, the Consensual Donation and Research Integrity Act. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> the uh, regulations on anything happening for live people are so incredibly highly, highly regulated. There's actually, I don't know if this is related or not, but came to my head, there's actually currently another thing happening in the tissue world where uh, somebody was transplanted with tissue. The person that it came from was tuberculosis positive oh my gosh seriously yeah and three it's like people, so old-timey <laughs> yeah and three people got tuberculosis and 
died. Holy shit. Which is, I mean, nothing like that has happened in tissue in a very, very, very long time. And uh, so that it's like immediate, uh, what's it called? Kappa, corrective action, whatever. Mm. Immediate, everything's recalled, everything like the regulations that go through. There's a whole new addendum that has to be asked when people are signing up to uh, to donate for tissue now, like a tuberculosis addendum. So these <laughs> things are so highly regulated when you're dealing with an actual business that is accredited and should be receiving these these parts in these bodies you know mm-hmm. there should be no question you should never feel this is a little shady there should never be any compensation involved ever a, a responsible party will pay for your services to like do transport and things like that. Or maybe if you're down on your luck, they may have programs where they can help you, you know, do body disposition stuff after you donate. Or if maybe you're not getting the body back, like we had touched on earlier, there's always going to be rules and regulations that follow informed consent, and they're never going to lie to you. Right. And that's the biggest thing to be looking out for. Those are exactly great points because like, I don't want people to be uh, spooked after this episode to like, oh, no, but I, I don't want to take the chances. I don't want to do body donation. Mm-hmm. It's just like with everything else in your life. Like there's going to be people who do things the right way, the good way, uh, and people who just take advantage. So we just have to arm ourselves with more knowledge. But please don't be scared away from doing any type of, of whole body donation or the like because it is such a useful useful field that you can't always have something that you can equally use uh, in some of these studies like you have to have dead people uh, to do certain studies and it only can help if you just donate to the right ones (laughs) exactly and nobody should ever pressure you or bully you into making a decision to donate they should always first and foremost if you're an ex of kin be sympathetic and caring toward you, you know, they should never be so solely focused on the donation that you feel like you got left behind. Um, and same thing if you're a, a living person who's signing up to donate after you've passed, nobody should ever make you feel like you have to do this. They should just be informing you and presenting the option. And of course being positive about it. Cause you know, they obviously believe in their work and it's probably a great program if it's accredited and, you know, doing yeah. the right things. Um, but yeah, you, you should never feel pressured. Although there are those out there that would aim to befoul the importance of whole body donation to science, I still urge you to consider getting added to a scientific donation registry. You or your loved ones could make a huge difference in the lives of others and for science as a whole. If this is something that you wish, make sure your family members know this ahead of time. Preparation makes permanent. If today's episode was of any morbid interest to you, you'll definitely want to catch next month's pod when we interview my best friend, a research coordinator who deals with all of this fun stuff that we were talking about today. We're really going to get to ask the the down and dirty questions, so it'll be a really good listen. But that's going to be all for this week on Mort Mike. Connect with us on our socials at Facebook and YouTube at Mort Mike Podcast. And if you have any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear about or questions you'd like us to ask this research coordinator extraordinaire, shoot us an email at mortmikepodcast at gmail.com. 
A huge thanks to Joey, our dedicated studio gopher, Marson Music for our theme, Deputies of Death, and Macklin Legan for our custom icons and banners. And be sure to tune in the first Thursday of every month for more casual discussions on death. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Mort Mike. Bye. Bye.